This is an ABC podcast. Hi, I'm Melissa Clark, and this is the Australia Votes podcast. Housing affordability and housing availability has been a consistent concern across the country in this election campaign. But the high cost of rent and the difficulty in buying into the property market is biting particularly hard for young Australians. And they can't even afford their rent. You know, young people are spending 10 times more on rent than they're spending on petrol. But there's no plan from either side of politics to deal with this huge crisis. And we're hearing from people who are saying, we're living in our cars, um, we've had to move back into home. That's the host of Triple J's hack, David Marchese. More from him on the youth vote coming up. But let's check in on the day's campaigning. Co-host James Glenday is with me. James, the monthly jobs figures came out today. Unemployment fell to 3.9% for April. It's cracked that 4% barrier for the first time since the 70s. Yeah, unemployment is historically low, and that is good news for the federal budget because it means that welfare payments are lower than normal, and it's good news for Australians because more people are working. But wages growth is pretty weak, especially compared to inflation. In fact, as we've discussed before, Mel, people are actually going backwards in real terms at the moment. There's still been a lot of pressure today on both Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese to say how they are going to actually boost people's pay in real terms. Labor's been pretty careful not to promise to deliver a wage rise. Instead, uh, we heard from uh, Deputy Leader Richard Miles today. We will have a crack. You know, we, are at, we will be arguing and doing everything we can to get wages going again. We'll be arguing for wages for those who are on the lowest paid, and we'll be doing that in wage cases. Um, that's not what the government's doing. And Scott Morrison uh, insists wage rises will come. He keeps saying that as unemployment gets lower and lower, then demand for workers will go up, and then uh, wages will go up as well. Unions disagree with that, but the Prime Minister said the most important thing to Today is that you've got a job. People being in jobs is the most important thing that economy needs. If you don't have a job, you don't have choices. Look, there are some other interesting figures out of the ABS stats today. Illness has caused nearly three quarters of a million hours of work to be missed in April. And and COVID and flu infections have continued to rise since April. But yet, It hasn't really been a feature of this campaign, the impact of COVID and flu infections rising. It is really interesting. And I think if we'd had an election last year, the pandemic, the vaccine rollout would have been a really defining feature, even earlier this year, when so much of summer was spoiled by the Omicron outbreak. However, I think it's been picked up in a lot of the uh, surveys, work that's done by the major parties. People want to move on. They want to know what's coming in the future for Australia post uh, this virus. But obviously, it's still causing uh, quite a lot of an impact on our day-to-day lives. And yeah, it is extraordinary, Mel. We have a six-week campaign and a six-week campaign where one of the leaders actually got COVID in the middle of it, (laughs) and it hasn't been a major, major talking point. For some young Australians, this federal election is the first time they'll have the chance to vote on who runs the country. But many are convinced what matters to them is not front of mind for the politicians. David Marchese hosts Triple J's current affairs show Hack and has been travelling around the country talking to young voters about what they want and what they need to know. 
David Marchese, thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, Mel. Thanks for having me. Look, it's great to talk to you and I want to get straight into the business of policy issues because it's very clear which issues young Australians mostly nominate as their top priority in this election and that's the environment and climate change. Yeah. What do you make of the fact that it hasn't really been the biggest issue in the campaign so far? I mean, it's been a big issue in politics for years, the climate wars, but suddenly now in this campaign, it's not top of the radar. I think it's a bit surprising. And I think a lot of our audience are very surprised because they've just been hearing all year through media reports, very grim predictions coming from the UN um, climate bodies and uh, scientists all around the world. And so we've had all, and then obviously seeing it play out in front of them um, with, you know, big disasters that we've had in Australia. So there was an assumption maybe from a lot of young Australians that this was going to be a key area that they'd be voting on, but really it hasn't got much airtime at all. So yeah, I'm a bit surprised. Look, I think the major parties... uh don't want the division that they face internally to continue. So it seems to suit both Labor and the Coalition to say, look, we've settled our policies within our parties. This is what they are. We'll talk about it if asked, but we're not going to make it a centrepiece. Are they missing the chance to promote their ideas to young people? Well, I don't know because the feedback that we're getting from a lot of people is that the climate policies, even though they do differ, um, you know, and targets differ, the 2030 target, for instance, there's very similar levels of disappointment amongst a lot of young people because we've seen, for instance, the 2030 target that the coalition's put forward was set by Tony Abbott. So yeah, that's, it's, that it's very 26 old. that's to 28% that hasn't moved. Exactly. But yep. then we've got the ALP. 2030 target, which is a smaller target than what it took to the 2019 election. So from the perspective of a lot of our audience, they're just seeing the policies not keeping up with where we should be at this point in time. That's the that's the message that we're getting loud and clear all of the time. That's interesting. And I think this is the right time to ask about the support that a lot of young Australians have for the Greens, because the Greens have a much more progressive policy when it comes to tackling climate change. You know, Labor's is a 43% cut by 2030 and supporting net zero by 2050. The Greens want to go much faster than that. They think that getting to net zero can be achieved by 2035. Uh, That certainly is attracting support from young Australians, but we're not hearing much about that in the mainstream media. Do you think there should be more attention on the Greens policy? Yeah, I think a lot of our audience does see the Greens as pretty significant players, even though um, you know they may they may not uh, have as much influence as the the other major parties, but. Um, what we've heard is that there's a lot of interest in some of the policies that the Greens are putting forward. For instance, the dental care policy was huge for young Australians because um, they're not affording dental care at all. A lot of them were telling us, hey, we haven't had our teeth checked since we left home because we just can't afford it. But in terms of the climate policy, we spoke about that this week and there were a lot of people questioning whether it was too ambitious and they just wanted to know if it's just all fantasy. And so we had some experts on the trial and break it down a bit and and explain whether it would be possible. But there's definitely interest, but there's also an amount of scepticism there as well. There's climate change in the environment, but housing is one of the issues that comes up across the country and across age groups. Both parties are promising to try and help with housing affordability and availability. 
But how does that issue present for young Australians in particular? Oh, this is one of the biggest issues that we hear about because we've seen housing policies from the ALP, from the coalition, but none of them really go to the heart of the problem for young voters. Like we talk about the coalition's um, superannuation policy that they put forward in terms of helping young people tap into their super to buy a home. The issue here is that we're talking about people in their mid to late 30s, perhaps, who have a, a nice bit of super saved up. We're talking hack to our audience who are in their early 20s and they can't even afford their rent. You know, young people are spending 10 times more on rent than they're spending on petrol, but there's no plan from either side of politics to deal with this huge crisis. And we're hearing from people who are saying, we're living in our cars, um, we've had to move back into home. It's ridiculous and there's definitely this sense that while there are concessions in place to help older Australians, even those who are pretty wealthy and maybe don't need as much support, there's nothing out there for young Australians. Right at the start of the campaign, Scott Morrison was asked about the difficulty in getting a rental in parts of regional Australia. And he made some remarks to the effect that, oh, well, welcome to the problems being experienced in in Melbourne and Sydney. House prices are always high. This is a known and ongoing quantity. And there were other points where um, Labor has leaped on the Prime Minister saying that if renting is expensive, then try buying a house and, and having lower mortgage repayments. How is that seen when we're looking at very different circumstances for older Australians who bought a house in very different economic circumstances to what young Australians are facing today in terms of trying to save a sufficient deposit particularly? Well, I I just think there's a lot, a lot of young people have just checked out completely and they're at the point now where they're thinking, oh, I'm not even going to worry about saving for a home or a deposit because it just seems like this impossible situation when I've got all of these other things I'm trying to get sorted, I've got university perhaps, I've got to maybe get into TAFE or find a job, um, you know, sort out family situation, whatever it is. And then on top of that, to try and buy a house seems like this dream that they can't even imagine. And then when we talk about rent, you know, those on the minimum wage can afford 2% of the available rentals across the country. And a lot of the people on the minimum wage are young people. So that's the real crisis here. That so the affordability isn't, I can't get my first home, it's, I can't find a roof over my head. Absolutely. Disillusionment is high in politics right now, but especially so for young people. A hack survey found... I think only 2% of 18 to 29-year-olds thought politicians were working in the best interests for young Australians. That sounds like a generation feeling pretty ignored. Oh, that's very fair to say. And it doesn't matter where people sit on the political spectrum, what communities that we've visited. We've been across the country, right? So we've been in WA, we've been in outback Queensland, we've been in regional Victoria, we were in the Hunter Valley last week, and it doesn't matter where we go, people are saying, oh, well, they don't care about us. And, you know, 18 to 34-year-olds make up about 26% of the enrolled electorate, and there is this huge feeling out there that politicians are not going to bother catering to us or listening to us. So they're all pretty much the same. But as you say, they're not 
disengage. Like they are really interested. And I would say in my time covering, you know, youth media, youth affairs, I feel like young people are becoming more and more engaged, but also more and more disenchanted with the system. So it's an interesting one. I don't I don't know where we're going to end up here. Does that mean that they're looking for alternatives from the major parties. Do you think we'll see more support from younger Australians for independent candidates? Definitely. And there's always a huge amount of interest when we speak about independence. And when we don't, they're asking for us to talk about independence. I understand you even spent a bit of time with Bob Catter recently. <laughs> yeah, we did. We spent a bit of time with Bob Catter. Wild interview, as you can expect. Love, love me do. You know. You know, he wanted to sing and dance and do everything. But, I mean, that was interesting as well because even though there are a lot of people shaking their heads and certainly a lot of people thinking, oh, this person's a dinosaur and doesn't represent the views of a lot of young Australians, there were also a lot of people refreshed to hear somebody not um, speaking from a party handbook or some policy guidelines or cheat sheet for politicians. They want to hear people express their own opinions. And there's definitely, it's like when we have people like Jackie Lamb be on the show, for instance. There's always a huge amount of support. It doesn't matter whether people agree with her politically. They just want to hear people speak their language and speak honestly. Getting information to young Australians about the electoral process is is really important to make sure they know what to do in the ballot box so that their vote can count and their opinion can count. How do you get a sense of how electorally savvy people are? Is our civics education at school doing a good enough job or are people? No. No, absolutely. I I don't think so. And I think that's not anything on young people. Like what we do at Hack is we obviously cover big news of the day. We do investigative pieces as well that look really in depth at specific issues. But we also just explain things. We do this through social media. We do it through our radio show. Like we did this week, how do you vote? What do you do? How do preferences work? There's lots that of questions. That one comes up a oh, lot. All preferences the time. is a confusing issue for everyone, for not just everyone. young Australians. Absolutely. Yep. And there's this hunger for information. We were on um, Reddit and did a, an Ask Me Anything um, chat session last night. And that was another thing that kind of was coming up. People were just hungry for information and asking us questions. They want to know more. But they're also saying there's not an opportunity for us to learn this anywhere. There's there's Heaps of information out there, but there's almost too much. Then we have the situation where a lot of young people are just tuning out and thinking, I can't, I can't deal with this. David Marchese, thank you. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. And the election is nearly upon us. Tomorrow on the Australia Votes podcast, we'll wrap up the final week of campaigning and answer your final questions before polling day. And on Saturday, tune in to the ABC Listen app for our election night coverage with Sabra Lane, Raf Epstein and Thomas Ariti. This is the Australia Votes podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.